0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of Gene Therapy. It's season two, and we're kicking it off, and what better place to kick it off than at the place where the Super Bowl is going to happen this year, Phoenix, Arizona. I am excited. I'm your host, um, Coach Gene Clemens. Always good for you to come and hang out with me and just talk about some things that are on my brain, and I am joined by my good friend chris James football game plan 10 toes down for many years now CJ always appreciate you joining me make sure before I get anything started make sure that y'all are checking out that um chopping it up with CJ podcast he really does a great job week for week by week breaking down the minutia of the game if you're into um, if you're into sports betting and fantasy he's got a day for that if you're into um, just just regular like picks. If you want to know why teams failed and why teams are succeeding this is a podcast that you need
1: to um, check out. Um, tell everybody where they can find your podcast at. Sure, you can find it on Spotify or Apple Pod. Most podcasting services uh, remember Chop It Up with CJ it's right here. It's W with a slash Chop It Up with CJ. Four different types of shows to Gene's point. I do uh, Make Good Mondays basically when I tell you to take some bets. I make good on it. I come back and revisit to make sure that I actually helped you out. We side Wednesdays, varied topics. Turf Talk Thursdays. That's where I do the picks and the confidence points that are associated with them. And Fantasy Football Fridays. That's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And and make sure that you're following him on all social media at well, on on yeah, pretty much everything. Right? Yeah. C J. Florida nine. nine? Correct. C J. Florida nine. You can always find me at Gene Clemens. We don't need to we don't need to waste any time. We are here. It's the soul bowl number one. That's what I have been calling it. I don't care if it's That's cliche. True. I think we need to um, celebrate the things that we've never seen before. Correct. And off the rip, we've never seen two black quarterbacks manning their teams with the respect of their teams, not just not just there for the ride, Correct. not just not just guys who've come along, we were gonna make it without you, guys who are the catalyst for success for their teams in Patrick Mahomes and in Jalen Hurts. Just, let's let's just talk about how how epic this is that we get a chance to put this one away. Like, no longer we have to say, we've never seen this. Right,
1: and to your point, these are the guys who are gonna finish one and two in MVP voting, so clearly these are the guys that have pushed things forward. It's not the same quarterback, which is also a great thing, right? Yeah. You're you're seeing... It's not your prototypical quarterback. Yeah. So you're seeing varied types of guys.
0: Mahomes is this
1: guy who's basically got a lot of Brett Favre to his game, but also a lot of Peyton Manning to his game. You're seeing Jalen Hurts. Whether people want to believe it or not, he's got a lot of Tom Brady to his game. He's Mm -hmm. that guy who pushes people forward. One of the hardest workers that I've ever come across in a league full of hard workers.
0: See, I think... For, for me, I look at Jalen Hurts very similar to the way I look at Steve Young in the fact that he has the, he has the arm talent to get the job done. He is more cerebral than, than given credit for. Remember when Steve Young first came into the league, Steve Young was considered to just be a runner, right. a guy who they didn't believe could you know, manage a team and win it the way that traditional quarterbacks won it um he 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 flamed out in tampa bay he went over to san francisco he sat for some years got a chance to learn under some good people and then began to excel and now you know hall of fame later we we can see what it is and now you look at what jalen hurts brings to the table that same type of athleticism that that sneaks up on you because he's faster than you think he's stronger than he looks you um Then you sleep on his his arm talent, and all of a sudden he's got 330 yards passing on, like, 24 attempts, you know. And so I I think that when you look at these two guys not really getting it done in the conventional way, the I'm going to be a statue in the pocket and stand around and look, and they can do that, but then they also bring that extra dynamic it's great to see, and it's great to see that you—they have impeachable like reputations. You, you don't have to worry about anybody trying to make it about something that it's not. You know, Patrick Mahomes, the son of a of a professional baseball player, a guy who's grown up around pros, a guy who's been through like issues, been through wars, have had to overcome adversity, went into a college program where. They were struggling to win seven and eight games every year. Was doubted. You've got Jalen Hurts, who came in as a five-star at Alabama, took over um, and won the job from veterans as a freshman, took his team to the championship game and got beat by the best quarterback in, you know, in college football for the last couple of years. Maybe one of the best guys to ever do it in college, in college football. Um, came back the next year. got them back to the the situation again, only to then be replaced in the SEC championship game. We know the rest of the story. Third year, he's the backup to Tua, buys his time, gets his his degree, transfers over to Oklahoma. Now he's a Heisman finalist. Comes into the league, all of the doubts. So these are guys who've been forged and fired, coaches' kid. So he understands the, he understands what, what, what goes into being successful. There's no like, oh, this guy is out partying or this guy is, his, his, his head might not be in it. You've never heard that about Patrick Mahomes. You've never heard that about Jalen Hurts. And, and, and not that any of that stuff stops you from being great, but it's just so, I think it's awesome that we don't have to have those, we don't have to listen to those conversations. The conversations are all respect and all love for what Patrick Mahomes brings to the table and for what Jalen Hurts
1: brings to the table. And you, you went into a lot of stuff there, and all of it was correct. I want to actually piggyback on a lot of the things you just said. Steve Young, I think he was traded for a second and a fourth because Bill Walsh and that, that regime saw what they could do with him. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he started until he was 30 years old. Yeah. But let's yeah. look at Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is 23. I think he's actually younger than the first quarterback taken In this past rookie class. Oh, absolutely. I think think it's a couple of days, but still, it's enough, right? It just shows you how quickly this young man has ascended to being a leader and an MVP candidate. And then you look at the situation with Patrick Mahomes, three-star athlete, right? He goes to that program, gets air raid. In a game against Baker Mayfield, I think he threw for 700-plus yards. I think he had 800 total yards of offense, yeah. which is insane no matter where you're playing. Yeah. And all he did was catch my eye as right. I had to hit up Emory Hutt. And I said, who the heck is this? Because he played against LSU in the Texas Bowl and he was doing all this stuff and I had never seen it. It just hit my eye differently. And I knew there was something special there with that kid. It's funny
0: you say that because I think all of us, you, um, I, Emory, um, Brandon Howard, um, shout out to Brandon yeah. Howard, it's shout right. out to um, Teron Davenport. Um, we we were all like yo like when when this is different and when we started saying that nationally around that time we were looking at at two quarterbacks that we said okay these two quarterbacks for sure and then i think even um you know to the to the certain extent where you're like like it's clearly this guy right? Like, this guy just does something different. And then the fact that you see him, like, fall, and you see quarterbacks go in front of him, we don't have to keep bringing up the same. It's not those quarterbacks' fault. I want to make this clear, by the way, when we were talking about why um, quarterbacks are are kind of pushed down, like, why Jalen Hurts had to go in the, in the second round. Um, why, why Patrick Mahomes wasn't the first quarterback taken. Um, why Deshaun Watson wasn't the first quarterback taken. Why um, Mitchell, Mitchell Trubisky went number one overall. This is not a diss against Mitchell Trubisky. It's not Mitchell Trubisky's fault. He didn't draft himself. I wish nothing but success for Mitchell Trubisky. But unfortunately for Trubisky and for all of those quarterbacks Baker Mayfield and And all the quarterbacks that get taken over a guy that's just much better. It it happens at every position, but quarterback is where it stands out more, right? Because everybody will tell you, oh, we had plans to to pick this guy. He was on our board. And then we look around and go, but if if you think he's the guy, why is only one team trading up to go get this guy? So
1: to your point, a couple of things here. I remember that 2017 draft class and was actually referred to as a down class the mm-hmm. quarterback position. Anyone who knows me and follows me knows that I did dedicate a lot of time to quarterback. And since 2016, that's been something that I think is one of my niches that I'm pretty good at. And I remember thinking the best quarterback that I've graded is Deshaun Watson. And the only reason Patrick Mahomes wasn't number one in my mind that year is because Watson existed. Mahomes is still my number three quarterback since then, with only Joe Burrow being right between them. I'm saying all this to say, the way that class was positioned kind of bothered me. To the point, Trubisky going two overall to the Bears, they actually moved up. San Francisco, there was rumblings that they wanted in Mahomes. Well, why not take it? You're right there, okay? There was rumblings that Sean Payton said, well, you know, we were thinking about Mahomes. You don't wait on a quarterback. and Everyone knows this. So Andy Reed, being the genius he is, that team jumped up and got him at 10. When you look at these scenarios and these situations, what's frustrating is resume goes out the door production goes out the door and It feels like flaws are more closely examined while excuses are made for some folks where flaws clearly exist And I just want consistency. If you're gonna use something as a flaw against someone, or you're gonna point out flaws point out for everyone. If you're not and don't do it. Just be consistent. And that's all I ask for. I think that's all we all ask for.
0: Absolutely. I think. I think one of the things, like you said, it, that gets me, and I talk about it all the time, is if you'll make the excuse for X, make the excuse for Y. If you won't give X a pass, don't give Y a pass. We saw this. Um, we saw this play out again, where you got you have a guy like. Um, you have a guy like like Josh Allen who was given all of the concessions for why he was terrible at Wyoming. Every concession. And then you see a guy like Lamar Jackson who is criticized for every little thing that he did wrong, even though for two years straight he put up two of the most remarkable athletic feats that we've seen ever happen in college, college football. This man was in a pro style offense, running a pro style offense and still rushing for over a thousand yards as a quarterback.
1: In fact, there is a record that's only happened twice in FBS history uh, in the same season. Someone I believe it's rushing for 1500 yards and throwing for 3500. Mm-hmm. Happened twice. Lamar Jackson, both, both Lamar
0: times. Jackson, both times like for him to be for him to be one of the top passing quarterbacks in college football, and, and you could just do away with this 3,000 yards that he rushed for over two seasons, put it to the side, yet for everyone to still call him a running quarterback, then you fast forward to Jalen Hurts and you go, okay, well, people learned their lesson from Lamar Jackson, except... Jalen Hurts had to wait until the second round to hear his name called. And I think it's almost a a, a blessing in disguise, even though I don't like to count people's pockets, because he's never getting those millions back, right? Like, you never make up for the money you don't make. You just make money. Um, So I don't want to say it in in, in terms of him not getting that, that, that rookie guaranteed money, that fifth year that puts you among the top five salaries in the league. But now he's four years and the, the, the fifth year isn't, there's no fifth year hold. So now Philly has to pay. Yeah, right.
1: I think they, uh, I think everyone gets the chance to re-up after the third year. So in the fourth year, you can pay a guy. It's happened a bunch of times. I think Josh yeah. Allen's paid in the fourth year, Yeah. even though they had the fifth year option. Jalen has to be paid. So they're going to be negotiating this situation. That's what I'm saying. He has to be paid. He's going to get paid.
0: <laughs> and, and, and the thing is, is he holds, all the, he holds all the leverage. He holds all the leverage because there's nobody behind him. There's no Jalen Hurts behind him. Right? Yeah. And, and that's the thing is, is when you look at where he is, I, I love this part of, of, the, of the story. You know, um, Patrick Mahomes is already, he's already cashed out. Five hundred million, when it's all said and done, ten-year contract or whatever it is, the the, the craziest. It's team friendly. It's which team it is. friendly, but it, it also him allows to him to
1: point throughout the contract,
0: and it allows him to be able to go back to the table and go, "Hey, this is no longer."
1: And they'll no play ball.
0: Yeah, they, they got no other choice because there's no Patrick Mahomes behind He's him. Jordan. Like, hey, look, I love Chad Henney to death, and and I appreciate That's the fact that, that Chad Henney has been able to. Um, etch out a long NFL yeah, career as a backup. But he ain't, he ain't Patrick Mahomes. He's not Patty, he's not him. And he's never gonna be him. And there's nobody in the league him. So with, with that being said, talking about Patrick Mahomes for a second. I, I get upset when I see these rankings <laughs> of quarterbacks and we constantly see since Patrick Mahomes has come into the league, the, the need to try to put somebody up on the level of Patrick Mahomes. I am on record as saying that the tears go like this. Patrick Mahomes, some other dudes, and the rest of them. Like, and if, and if, if I was being a little bit more specific, it's Patrick Mahomes, then there's your your, your guys who've earned the right to be in that second tier in my opinion your Joe Burrows, your Lamar Jacksons you know if you want to put Josh Allen there okay um if you want to put if you want to put Justin Justin Herbert there okay me, I wouldn't I wouldn't but I'm but saying if guys, you yes. want to put those if you want to sprinkle a couple of those guys in, um, before, before this past season, I would have said Deshaun Watson, but I feel like he's at a level where he's got to show me now. Yeah. You know, before this year, I would have said Russell West. I mean, Russell Wilson, but he's got to show me now. It's
1: funny that you say Russell Westbrook because it's kind of feeling like the same yeah, I know. it's feeling
0: very very similar. <laughs> I would have, I, I would say, I would say Aaron Rodgers, but he's old and you can see it. And you can see it starting to dissipate. Brady, I already thought was kind of down into the third tier as as it was, even though he's still highly effective. But that's that's the tears, ladies and gentlemen. There's nobody doing what that guy does. And he, that guy could do everything your guys do outside of Lamar Jackson and um, and, and, and Justin and Justin Fields with the ability to run. Yeah. He can't do that. But he can run. Right. Like if he wanted to, if he wanted to put up seven, eight hundred yards rushing a season, he could do that. If he wanted to Dale Jones you. Ladies and gentlemen, he could do that.
1: So do you mind if I... It's not even keeping it spicy, which, by the way, I oh love the gosh, podcast. Love
0: money,
1: uh, appreciate it. Shameless plug. We'll take he, it. Here's what I, uh, happened. A couple of weeks ago, I heard this question of, you know, is Joe Burrow better than Patrick Mahomes, which I immediately... See, I'm in the I, I consume data to the point where some people call me computer. Here's what I wanted to do. So there was a stat that was created back in 2011 by ESPN called Total QBR, or QBR for short. It basically assessed every, every point of how a quarterback performs, you know, based on the expected outcome versus the actual outcome. and gives you a range, zero to 100, right? 50 is average. Yeah. They did that back to 2006, Dave. They did some retroing on that to get stats for all these guys and make this whole situation come together so we can see how well quarterbacks oh, yeah. performed. Now I want to focus on the number, 77 Why am I focusing on 77? Because it's a pretty good number If a quarterback has a QBR of 77 That's a really good quarterback for a season By the way, this is a season So there have been 24 instances of that occurring Since 2006 Four by Peyton Manning, four by Tom Brady Three by Aaron Rodgers, three by Drew Brees And a bunch of one-offs, I think Matt Ryan His MVP year in 2016 2017, I think it was Deshaun Watson And Dak Prescott I believe did it 2019, uh, Lamar Jackson. Why did I say 77? Because as a starter for five years, Patrick Mahomes has done it four times. And it's virtually his average with his worst season being 62. By the way, I think he was getting married. A lot of stuff was going on. A lot of stuff going on. And this man is basically, that's basically his career average. And all these other greats who are walking into the Hall of Fame or have already walked in, like Peyton Manning, they did it four times in an extremely long span. Oh, this man is sitting here doing it as his average production. That's, that's that's his regular work. Yeah, that's, that's his regular work. I didn't call him Jordan for no reason. I didn't come up with that, but I use it because it's apt.
0: Yeah, I, I think the I think the 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 most telling thing for the most telling thing for 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 Patrick Mahomes is that when we when we look at his career. Which is still pretty, like, short. Like, right? He's not anywhere near done. It's almost like people are, are bored of his greatness. You, you get used they're, to it. They're taking it for granted. They took this season for granted after, saying, after starting the year by saying that this man was not going to be him because he was only Patrick Mahomes because of Tyreek Hill and you know, the other receivers that ha- had moved on and kind of, well, no more Tyreek Hill, so there's no more bombs away. Okay, I'll just do it a different way.
1: And with all different he did people was have a 77 total QBR again. And by the way, set the record for most yards rushing and passing in a single season. That's all he did. Yeah,
0: most of those being passing, by the way. Oh, that's, that's what he does. <laughs> that's, that's what he does. And, and it's just, I don't care who you are. You're not him. So, just out of respect for Patrick Mahomes, it doesn't matter what happens in this game. Like Jalen Hurts could go out here and throw for 700 yards, he's still not Patrick Mahomes. Like, we we have to stop. And by the way, they won't do it with they won't do it with Jalen Hurts. Which is a question. And hope. that's that's the problem that I have is that when we see these comparisons. It always seems as if, whenever we have a a brother as the guy, there has to be somebody on the same tier him as him, as that great white hope. I don't know why it is. Like, I can't just say, well, the entire race is colluding. That doesn't make any sense. But I think it's a, I think it's a, it's a, um, it's a conditioning. That's. It's a conditioning that we we see in the sport to say, well one man can't stand alone if he doesn't look like what we deem the prototypical because it's not just that he's a black man, right? It's he's a black man and he doesn't do it the way Peyton Manning do it. That does it. He doesn't do it the way that Tom that Tom Brady does it, right? It's not just that he's a black man. It's he's a black man, and he is doing it in a way that people think black people do it, oh, right? Like that's the that's the thing. Oh, he's a will and dealing. He he like he's in the sand. Like they, all of those all of those little key terms to say he's not disciplined. So. But here's kind of what I and
1: I love to do this because I love talking about race and different things because I think that it's important to talk about these.
0: Things. This is the Soul Bowl. If there's ever a time to talk about race, ladies
1: and gentlemen, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Bowl. what I think Patrick Mahomes kind of reminds me of in some respects. It's kind of how Brett Favre played with some level of recklessness, but he's able to rein in it and do things that Peyton Manning did with the quick checks and the understanding of where to go with the ball. With some of that Tom Brady clutches. Imagine putting all those things together. By the way, notice that all these people are white. But putting all those things together, what the heck would that be? Three Hall of Famers, one guy who's called the GOAT, another guy who's called possibly the best quarterback of all time in some respects, and another guy who people called fun and John Madden loved. You put those three dudes together, and Patrick Mahomes came out. He's baby Yoda. I don't know how else to put it. But it's not a. It's not. He's not a real person. It's not, and it's and it's not
0: really up for debate. Correct. Like, 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 what else is there to debate? You can't even put the resumes of these other young contemporaries up against his resume. He doesn't know what it's like to not be in the AFC Championship.
1: He's he played a road playoff game. He
0: doesn't know what it's like to not play in the
1: AFC Championship,
0: and. This is his third Super Bowl. In
1: five years of starting.
0: I mean, this is... This, this To your point, this is Tom Brady stuff when it comes to the winning, right? But it's Peyton Manning
1: stuff when it comes to the statistics. And it's Steve Young stuff as far as... Steve Young is the only dude with a four-year run that looks anything like this. 92 through 95.
0: That's it. And Steve, and Steve Young... Was doing this at 33, 34, like this man is not even touching 30. 27. Like he's not even like and he and, and for all of the people who thinks, oh well, you know, when his athleticism goes down, let me let y'all in on a little secret about, about athleticism that, that nobody tells you, but everybody that's an athlete knows. It's the last thing to go. Like I am old and washed up with bad knees. And on any given day, if I decide I want to crank the athleticism up, it's still around. It just, I'm just not Patrick Mahomes. Or I'm, so when you see, for the, for instance, cause because I'm starting to think about guys who, who were athletes and did it forever. It had a second, they had a second, um, like a second, a seconds, so, so, the so your Warren Moons,
1: your Randall Cunninghams, Randall Cunningham's
0: right? Where, okay, he was such such a, a, a tremendous athlete that even when he was older, he was still right. that level of athlete and still had that cannon arm
1: and still able to do things that
0: boggled the mind, you right. know? Yeah, one of the
1: things about athleticism that, to your point, you gain more savvy. And when you're younger, you lean on it more. So you push it, you know, 80, 90, sometimes 100% of the time. When you get older, you can still do a lot of these things. It's just, you understand, maybe I need to be a little judicious with it. And you gain more savvy. And I think that's what kind of gets left out of the equation with people who are, yep. quote-unquote, athletic. As if they're not going to improve in other areas and other ways. It's, it's the nitrous button, right? Yeah.
0: When you're, when you're younger, that nitrous button, you're hitting that thing. All the time. Boom, boom. When you get older, you're just waiting for the right time to use it. You're waiting for the right time, and, oh, I'm about to, boom. You can even know when the young guy use it too early. Oh, too young, too too early, young fella. Ah, you've seen it on Fast and Furious forever. How they use that nitrous button matters. The, that, that veteran as you talk about. But the think that this man is doing that at 27 years old. He lived around the field the entire AFC championship game, only to wait for the one time that he had to hit the nitrous button, that he had to actually open it up and, 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 and put some speed to it. And when he did, it was like, boom. And and, and that's what a a veteran does. That's what someone who's comfortable in their skin does, right? That's what someone who, who who has found the glitch in the matrix does. And as we start seeing these quarterbacks who are finding the glitches in the matrix continue to ascend, it's going to be really hard for these guys who don't have that ability to be able to survive. Because, ladies and gentlemen, these defensive ends are only getting more and more athletic. They've got LeBron James out there playing defensive end. Not like some, you know, like, like Reggie White was dominant. Dominant. But he was just a physical presence that could just maul you. These guys are flying around you. At 250 and 60 and 70 pounds, and flying around you or at 240, at 240 and, and just hip tossing you and just being the, these ultra athletes. Um, it, it's interesting because Philly has that type of defense, right? They have the type of defense that says we could stop a Patrick Mahomes, we could well, Stop might be a little better. bit too harsh. Let me, Give, I, I apologize, Patty. We could make it difficult for him. Right. Stopping's a little bit, you know. Um, but but very similar to Tampa Bay, when Tampa Bay um, faced Kansas City, a little bit different in the fact that Kansas City had offensive line issues everywhere. That's way you put it. But Tampa Bay had those those edge guys who had the athleticism to be able to move laterally and Philadelphia has that same thing and they also have those dudes up the middle that are just pushing pockets. Right. it I think that's what I'm really interested in watching is the defenses and how they deal with these two quarterbacks and, and these offenses as opposed to just Jalen Hurts versus Patrick Mahomes because they're never going to be on the, on the field at the same time other than the the hug and shake hands at right. the end of the game, you know. And so, like, how how do the how do the, the the how does the Philadelphia defense
1: corral Patrick Mahomes? So, here's the really funny part, and I give him credit for saying this, and I, I'm not going to be able to quote it verbatim. But Patrick Mahomes said he needed to kind of grow up and, and and not be so reckless. And he said this year that's what he had to do. I think this Philly defense would do really well against last year prior to Patrick Mahomes. It was kind of undisciplined, but he was so good that he got away with some undisciplined play. Mm-hmm. It's a problem this year. That that Cincinnati game should have showed you that this dude is playing at a different level now. So I don't think these edge rushers are gonna affect him nearly as much because to your point, the offensive line is better than it was against the Bucks. But also Patrick Mahomes is better at making decisions quickly and not letting that pressure get to them. that's how you defeat pressure. I mean People are only so fast, but guess what's faster? The ball coming the out? The ball. The ball's always gonna beat you, beat you running. Yep.
0: So, so also on, on that same note, we know that Jalen Hurts changes the equation in the run game. We know what he brings to the, to, the, to the table as a passer, but in the run game, he changes the equation because of the style of offense where they run, where he's always a threat to pull. Right. And that 11-on-11 11 11 football that I talk about all the time that we see from some of these other teams now around the league, but they do it very well. And the the difference is is when is when he is when he tucks it and runs. It's a weapon. It's a weapon. Yes, it is. Um, and it's not just a oh well. He's just gonna run and, and slide. He's gonna juke you. If you try to like arm tackle you, he's gonna run through that. He has an ability to be dynamic with his running ability when you're when you're trying to stop the run, but also when you're trying to stop the pass. Right. And so how 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 does Kansas City and, and their weapons on defense, how do they combat a guy that gives you so many different layers like Hurts?
1: What's really frustrating for me personally, and I'm sure it is for him, even though you would never hear it, is is that shoulder's a real thing. And it doesn't limit him from the perspective that he can't go run, but it does limit some of his downfield passing. You can see that it looks different than it did. This guy was throwing one of the sweetest deep balls in the NFL this year, and in the playoffs, it hasn't looked the same. So, I think what's gonna end up happening is because of that, that Chiefs defensive line has been pushing the pocket. They've actually been almost as effective as the Philly defensive line. And people don't want to, they're, they're underrating how much they've been able to do that, and the injuries that are on the offensive line of Philly. But the back end, they're young, but they have all sorts of talent. And that's the whole thing. We saw how they did to the Joe Burrow, where they were able to get hands on the ball. The only time they lost is when better players were doing stuff. So yeah, A.J. Brown goes off, Devonta Smith goes off, because that's possible. Be fine. I hate it for Jalen that that shoulder's a real thing, and that deep ball accuracy that he's had all season has been affected.
0: You don't think you don't think that the two weeks is going to give him a little bit of time to at least get it to where hey, we can get through this game if I if I open it up to a level. You think it's just going to be something that he's going to need a full offseason to to try to get under control, get back to where he was
1: during the season. See, with the Mahomes' injury, I think the two weeks off assisted. With Jalen's injury, it's not a... That's one of the toughest SOBs in the NFL. Jalen Hurts. Absolutely. This isn't a toughness or tough-through thing. It's literally, I don't think the he can feel to- it, the right way to put touch on the ball. And that's what the most frustrating thing is, he'll never say it, but I can see it. And that's the crappy part. I don't, two weeks isn't gonna do enough. I'm hoping I'm wrong, to be candid. Because mm-hmm. I would love being wrong a guy like this, who deserves to be healthy. I think it will affect him. $7. Yeah,
0: and, and so that, that I think that also brings in the, the point, right? Like, okay, so Jalen Hurts comes in, he's not 100%. Patrick Mahomes comes in, he's not 100%. Um, it's actually the opposite of what people believe is their best attribute, right? So for for Mahomes, okay, it's, it's lower body, but is he still got the arm for for Jalen Hurts? Oh, well, it's the shoulder, but he's still got the legs. Do you see them possibly leaning more on that, knowing that the other, the other part of their of, of their, their weaponry is compromised? Or do you just think it's something where this is they they've just kind of learned how to deal with and maintenance
1: within the moment? I think they will lean more into it. Uh, There's a prop bet, I'm gonna forget it, but it's basically like 10 uh, rushing attempts for Jalen Hurts. I think he does run the ball more in this game because, again, we talked about his toughness. This guy is gonna make the decision to make sure that he's not negatively impacting the team. If he doesn't feel, you know, he throws a couple of those deep balls in there out there, he'll use his legs. He knows this is the end of the road. Same thing with Mahomes. Mahomes knows that that ankle's not right and if he takes one bad step, to re-aggravate it. He's gonna lean more into getting the ball out of his hands. I, I think that both guys are gonna lean into the non-injured portion of the game more than they usually would. Because they do actually do, to your point, everyone thinks Jalen's just a runner. He will dead-eye you at the pass. No, because absolutely. Because that running sucks you up, good night. Mahomes, his, his strength for his whole career has been kind of, it almost looks kind of clumsy, but it's clumsy athletic. Right around you in circles, takes off when he needs to. Kind of does this, this weird run, but he's skating on it. Right yeah. So it sucks that they're not at a level that's near 100. percent I do like the fact that they're playing in a
0: controlled environment, though. Like I do like the fact that we're not going to have to worry about weather. weather being a factor. You know, it's windy. It's windy as hell here in Phoenix. Um, we don't. We're not going to have to worry about the wind because there's no way coverage. Yeah. You know, so 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 at least we're we're getting the we're getting a controlled environment where those guys can be at the best that they can be with what they're dealing with right the and the and the, and the the fun part about it is is that you're going to get to see these two very aggressive defenses just go and try to hunt these dudes down like like that's that's the that's the fun part and and, and it's interesting because we're in we're in the media we're in the media um suite You know, here in the convention center, and it's... We can hear, and you probably hear in the background, conversations about, you know, um, the different quarterbacks and what they can do and what the offenses are going to do and what the defenses are going to do. Like, we have two legitimate defenses that are adept at hunting. Like, they get after the quarterbacks, And then we have two quarterbacks who are really good at staying away from people trying to hunt them. So, like, it's, it's the ultimate, like, cat-and-mouse game. And and the, the team that comes out and, and, and is able to exact their will defensively is going to have that inside track to win it. Um, I do believe that the the math that's going to work differently for Philly that didn't work for Cincinnati because they're stubborn is that if Philly gets a lead on you, you're not going to get Jalen Hurts throwing a bunch of passes. If Philly gets a lead on you, they are going to they are going to um, enact the the, the 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 Jason Kelsey button, and you'll all of a sudden start seeing the best center in the history of football. I don't want to hear you people trying to give me these dudes that had these careers where they only had like a five-year or a six-year run where they were really good. Well, he played 20 years or 18 years, but only five of them were good. Jason Kelsey is the best center ever. You want something spicy? There you go. You want a hot take? There you go. Jason Kelsey, best center ever. Philly's going to touch that Jason Kelsey button, and all of a sudden, every play, Jason Kelsey's going to be pulling around somebody going to heat seek a linebacker or a DB or something. If they get a lead up, that becomes an eight, nine play, seven to 10 minute drive. Whereas the, the, the mistake that, that Cincinnati made is they got a lead. And because they weren't just willing to turn around and hand it to these backs that are actually, like they are some talented backs. They allowed the clock to stay within striking range for that dude. I don't think Philly does that. Like if they're able to get a legitimate touchdown lead and then Kansas City goes three and out, that next drive, they're taking six minutes off the clock. They're They're going to pull and extract the time away, which I think is the number one strategy of beating Kansas City away. You have to play keep away. You got to extract the time so that that dude with that offense doesn't get as many opportunities
1: and as much time when he has the ball. Yeah, no, that's, (laughs) we all know this, but at the same point in time, it's good that you reiterated the best way to beat a team like Kansas City with that dude, at quarterback, don't give him the ball. And Philly will lean into that. And I've been very proud of how they've stuck to their guns. They've adjusted things. They've run different schemes. They've, they've done stuff. But the major thing they've done is kept their personality. Right? And they leaned on to, to your point. He could actually be the most important person on that offense, Jason Kelsey. Because that offensive line, they have talented guys. Mm-hmm. But they go as he goes. He cleans he up so up. many things that could possibly happen that they're able to just do their job. They don't have to worry as much as some other teams do because he is the, he is the. To your point, he he's e-book. the magic. He's the magic eraser. Yeah,
0: he's the magic eraser. Like, oh, you, you let that guy go. Okay, it's cool. I'll, I'll just come over and pick that guy up for
1: you. The <laughs> only thing that I think Kansas City and they might implement this at a point when they think that Jason Kelsey is gonna end up trying to climb and do all this stuff. You bring a well-timed blitz from a hidden guy from one of those linebackers, like a Nick Bolton, yep. go and hit him before he gets a chance to even get anywhere. Yep. You gotta do that. Just
0: you have to disrupt that. Or, or, or you put that man over him in a one technique and force him to, like, force him to knuckle up, right? Oh. The,
1: the crappy portion about that, that, that makes sense? He's good enough to adjust, you know, four out of five times. Yeah, and win. But if he doesn't see it coming, much harder that on the one, fly to adjust.
0: That you? one time, that's all. That's all you need is that one time to get there and get home. It, that those are the margins that we're talking about. I want to get into um, some other positions. We, you talked about um, defensive back a little bit with the young guys in Kansas City. It's a veteran bunch in Philadelphia, and probably the best like overall defensive backfield in in football right now. Right. Like when you talk about veteran leadership savvy pelts on the wall like they've got it all they've they've got guys who have been there done that that know the game pro bowlers you know all pro status
1: yeah
0: versus those those young dudes those pups out there that that people always use the they're almost they're almost too young to know they're not supposed to be where they are right like like how do you see that play out? Because we saw some weaknesses in that Kansas City secondary in the fact that they they, they don't high point balls very well. <laughs> they don't high point balls very well versus a team with two, three guys who are really, really good at just going up and snatching the ball out the air. Oh, we saw that exposed in, in, in Cincinnati. What I what I like about what I like about them though. Is that they don't get down on themselves. There's no, uh, they're they they're not defeated. Mm. They just keep plugging the away. Shortest of memories. They they are, they have Eli Apple level <laughs> like amnesia. Because
1: luckily not his level of play. Not
0: his not his level of play. And we don't mind talking, we don't mind talking bad about Eli Apple. Eli Apple, you got an issue, you can come see us. We, okay. We're cool. Like, we'll buy you a drink while we tell you that you should probably retire. Um that level, by the way, Elon Apple's been better at football than I've ever been. Just, just let's just keep that. Yeah. right. he's way better in at football.
1: Better than both of us, but
0: than, than I've so ever been. Contemporaries, bro. But cool. a, according to your guys, anyway, I could do a pod on that. Like, um, It's the level of audacity of this dude. <laughs> he is like, it's almost like he doesn't watch film. Um, but yeah, like that level of of. Oh, I just whatever. I just gave up this touchdown. That's cool. I'm right back on it. as soon as you come. And it's never say die. It's plug away, plug away, plug away. Make a play, right? It's not just plug away, plug away, plug away. Die by a thousand paper cuts. They're going to make a play if you keep trying them. Like at some point, they're going to get the. They're going to get it right. Like, is it enough though? And that's going to be the thing. Is it enough to to to? to subdue the effectiveness of the passing game deep, which opens up all of the stuff underneath with RPOs and, and with the run game that Philadelphia really wants to do to you. They're only striking you over top to, 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 to thin you out so that they can then go boom, 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 boom. You come up, I hit an RPO, and now Devontae Smith's running wide open, or um, da- Dallas Goddard's running wide open on a, on a slant route. Is it enough, can they hold enough to, to, to make the math what it needs to be in order for them to take
1: that run game away? Jerry Sneed is extremely important. and The fact that he's out of concussion protocol and he's healthy, mm-hmm. because if he wasn't playing, cancel Christmas, someone would be open. I don't want to say all the time, but enough where Jalen Hurts wouldn't have to make a pinpoint pass, mm-hmm. someone would be open. Sneed gives him the flexibility to just literally go run run, chase, be what you need to be. And Snead so can blitz off uh, from that nickel position. He can play responsible inside, make sure that whoever's playing in the slot is handled. Not you know eliminated, but handled. Mm-hmm. So he gives the, the young guys the opportunity to just go be athletes and go be football players. So I think that they can't shut down that passing game. I think Jalen Hurts has a pretty good passing game mm-hmm. based on this. Actually, the running game, I don't think it's going to be as big of a factor as some people think it will be in this game so i don't think they can do that on the opposite side there's a real key here the maddox does not play i think they have a real problem because they could use Chauncey gardner johnson as safety in that case right mm-hmm. take care of the the, the slot position because those exterior corners bradbury slay it, they, they are excellent yeah but that's not what kansas city does now kansas yeah. city is basically operating with multiple yeah. tight ends between the hashes. They're yep. between the hashes now. Now, if you don't have Maddox, now C.J. Ryder Johnson has come down. You know who gets affected? They keep doing these ends, keep doing these ends. Reed Blankenship, sorry, out of position. Touchdown. We saw it against Dallas. Yep. And that's where they're going to take advantage. So if Maddox is not healthy enough to play, they're going to target Reed Blankenship. And it's going to be unfortunate for the young man.
0: Yeah, and, and, and I mean, Reed Blankenship's another one. He's another one of those guys that you look up and you go, wow, he's playing significant minutes. Yeah. Like, that's a... But we have to remember that in the NFL where there is a salary cap, you can't, you can't be deep everywhere. And with injuries, like, they can could, they could, they could withstand injuries on the defensive line. They're deep enough there. Right. But in the defensive backfield, once you start getting past them first four, things get real... Things get real iffy, yeah. you know, out there. And, that's, and that's, a, that's a testament to what Kansas City has done with turn, essentially turning the, their, their, their secondary over to all these young guys that, to be able to, to hold up and, 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 and be there, even as linebackers are in and out and, you know, some defensive linemen are missing. <laughs> is, there a, is there a special team's play in this game? Do you think special teams at some point will show up? Because Sky Moore is a problem.
1: Yeah. Sky Moore, one, he had an issue that permeated for too long. Mm-hmm. I think he lost confidence because it was kind of like the Jamar Chase thing where he couldn't catch a preseason. Mm-hmm. And it was just, we know who you are and what you can do. Once he got over that, cancel canceled Christmas. Yeah. Sky Moore, same thing. Dude was killing when he was in college. Then all of a sudden, after a couple of punts, he lost some confidence. That's over. So if they kick the ball, sky more, that's a problem. They have to avoid that. And I do think that the kickers will be more important in this game than people realize because you have two kickers who have had issues at points in this season, mm-hmm. especially Harrison Bucker. So if they lose confidence at any point with a missed kick, that will force the hand of the offense to do something that maybe they don't want to do. Well, you, and, but you also got to think, too, that they're lucky in the
0: fact that they, they don't have to worry about the elements. So that Harris, Harrison Buck, her um, howlitzer that he has for a leg is gonna be on full display. Like, I don't know where it's going. I don't know where it's going, but it's gonna get there. Like, I, I don't know if the special teams play comes on a return or a muff or something. I don't know if it comes down to a kick, but I feel like at some point, some spe- a special team's play is going to have to be made in order for, for them to get this thing done. like, like I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't foresee a blowout. I don't foresee a blowout either way. Things can happen, turnovers can happen, obviously, you know I don't foresee a blowout either way, but I, I can envision this being so close that uh, a special team's play here or there can make the difference in. Field position and, and, the, and flipping the field, um, to be aggressive offensively, defensively, and and trying to um, score the game winning, the game winning points. Like somewhere along the line, we could see special teams play a real a real. <coughs>
1: yeah, and to your point, I think it's going to come in just a field position situation, right? So. A block's missed, so you get stopped on third down. Now you got to punt because usually both of these teams just are hyper-aggressive, especially with fourth and short. They're going for it. like 75% of the time, they're going for it. Who has the punter who knocks the ball inside the five-yard line? Who has the punter that it bounces yeah. at the two, and instead of being stopped or downed, goes in, right? This field position flip, that's going to be the key, where that ball is, because... Philly's offense is able to run so much cleaner and the way they want it to. They're at the 20. Kansas City, I think they can do more stuff if they get down early, but they won't have a sustained drive. They'll just get it out of there. Uh-huh. And that's their whole thing because Andy Reid's smart enough to know I just need to get this out of here. And if we don't have a chance, at least my punter can try to change field position. So, to your point, special teams is going to play a part. And I think the punter on each team is going to be the person who actually does that changing from the special teams aspect.
0: Absolutely. I, I
1: think. Um, Between that and
0: then our running backs in this game, um, Isaiah Pacheco, is he going to knock himself out the game? (laughs) This game? Like, I know, listen, I know people love this kid. I know people love this kid. He might have the worst vision. I have seen out of a guy who is as productive as he is, like, like it sounds crazy to say a guy who is is running the ball like he's running it has no vision. But if he had vision, you'd be talking about somebody rushing for damn near two thousand yards. Yeah, that's, like, yeah. <laughs> like he. There were several occasions in the AFC championship game where he ran directly into the back of an offensive lineman but was still so explosive he was able to get to the hole and make something happen like that
1: is crazy to me so one of two things you need if you're going to play like Isaiah Pacheco patience which he's not built for patience and I don't blame him he's fast and tough Yep. but you need quick vision and he doesn't exhibit it in this scheme, because to be honest, this is a scheme based on patience, and so it's a either he needs to have that whole presented to him very well,
0: and he's or, and he's uh, too he's back. too impatient. Well, he's too yeah. fast to set up um, anticipatory moves. Like he can't anticipate. Like somebody's coming. He can't anticipate. Okay, when well he's coming, so I know that when he gets right there, I've got to just now. Hit this move. Yep. He he will wait too late, and that's how he almost knocked himself out the game. He tried to run a dude over, but he waited too late to drop his shoulders and he hit him head on. And I was like, he doesn't understand how to set up a guy to really legitimately run him over. He just drops his head down. Like it's crash test dummy level stuff, but he's so effective. Like I as a coach, it is really, like, off-putting. I want to bench him, but he keeps making all these
1: plays. You know it was a really important move this week? So, unfortunately, McCole Hartman's not going to play. Mm-hmm. Went to the IR. A patient running back that everyone wanted to throw away was activated, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Mm-hmm. So, he'll do a lot of that dirty picking running that you need to get four yards, five yards here and there, and then they'll hit him with Pacheco because they'll start to over things will open up and that's when you implement Pacheco.
0: Yeah. I, and then on the other side you have the 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 four or five headed monster of who's going to be the guy to break out today for for Philadelphia, right? Cuz according to all of the fantasy honks, Miles Sanders was done. Yeah. I I got I got roasted because I still had Miles Sanders as a, a second-tier running back. They were like, how can you have Miles Sanders as a second-tier running back? He, he, how can you have Miles Sanders ahead of, ahead of, um, was the kid from, the kid from New England and everybody was, 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 was wh- whacking off Storm um, early in the year? Uh, Ramondre or? Ramondre Steve. How can you have him ahead of Ramondre Stevens? Because uh, he's going to get carries that is not going to get. Unless somebody gets hurt, you know, like right. my, my point is you have Sanders there. You know what he brings to the table. He does have that patience. He has that ability to, you know, um, find a hole. Then you have your Boston skies. Then you have your game wells. Not to mention what Hurts brings to the table as a runner. Like if I said, if you were to say X leads the team, and leads the Eagles in rushing,
1: Who's that guy for you come Super Bowl Sunday? So this is gonna be an interesting one because I hope that they do this and implement him more into the game plan, Boston Scott. Because his size plays a role in this. It's hard to get vision on a guy who is shorter, especially when they are also physically strong and gifted. I wish they would utilize him more to defeat Kansas City's aggressiveness. They're gonna fly up the field. Bring Boston Scott into the backfield with Miles Sanders, motion him out, bring him back. That's sweet. Get the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. Get him in an opportunity where he'll be one-on-one with a cornerback who might not want it because Boston's got to run through him. I think that he'll get more carries. And even though Miles Sanders probably will have more totes, they will be more right into the middle and probably into a pile.
0: Three, three yards in the cloud of dust yeah. trying, to, trying to soften up the blows. Yeah, no, it, it's interesting because, like, I'm sure there's a lot of props out there. Um, Player props on who like most you or yards and, and 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 there there was major opportunities to make some good money off this game. People think because it's one game, you can't like put together. Oh, uh, you can
1: parlay the head out of it. You game. could
0: parlay. You could pimp a parlay on this thing. That is that 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 can bring home some bands. And and I I know I know you you partake. I partake. Um, we're gonna put something on the game. I'm gonna put something on the game. Put, I'm putting you on the spot right now. If you had, because because we're not talking about a single bet because we're not in the world where we're gonna drop hammers on on one on a one bet. A three team or a three leg parlay. If you had your druthers, what would what would something like that look like for you? Like what are you like? Not you don't even have to give like the the exact what what you're gonna. What are you looking for?
1: What's the angles that you're looking for in a 3 leg parlay? So I wanna take something that is safe, okay? And by safe, I mean, okay, if there's a, a prop of, let's say Patrick Mahomes having 300 passing yards, I think it's 297. Travis
0: Kelce, 10 targets. Yeah, Guar- guaranteed. it. Yes.
1: That's safe. So you put one of those in there because you want something that's gonna have catch. It's not gonna give you a lot of return on investment, but it's gonna assist in the rest of the parlay. Then i look for something that's an outlier. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell, I think his uh, total yards is something like 23 or something crazy. If you think he's going to get touches and it's plus money, put that in there as well. And then you hit him over the head with something where, okay, if Travis Kelsey is getting all these targets, right, and you got a guy getting yards over here, hit the over-under. If the under looks like it, I mean, the over-under looks like it's too low, you know these two teams are gonna try to score. You have to score to beat Kansas City. And if Philadelphia is up, guess what? Kansas City is still trying to score and get more points up. So you have to put those three things together. When you have something, make something safe. The next thing, if you have a player prop where it's one that's in for money, go in concert with what that means to the whether it's over, under, or the points braille in the game.
0: Uh, yeah. I, I think for me, the one I, I like you, I need a gimme. I need a layup, right? You need something that you almost go, stamp this This is gonna happen. Anything under 300 yards for Patrick Mahomes, I feel comfortable, I'm gonna try it. Now you have to prove it to me. And and the reason I say that is the only way he doesn't go over those numbers is if they're blowing you out. So if it's a tight game, that means Patrick Mahomes is putting the ball in the air. That's That's their way to win. So if Patrick Mahomes is putting the ball in the air, if they're getting blown out, it's definitely going over. If it's a tight game, most likely it's going over. If they blow a team out, maybe it doesn't go over. But normally, if they blew a team out, it's because he's bombs away. And now that's those easy yards, easy yards, easy yards. So now I go, okay, if I if I feel comfortable with him going over yards, where's the target that's going to be the beneficiary of this? That's where the gamble comes in at, right? Because now we're, now we have to project. Well, we know that Travis Kelsey is going to get targets. He may not get catches. So if I can find that ten, it, they talk about a new prop. If I can find him with targets, and I, and the last time I checked it was ten, I'm taking it because if they want to win the Super Bowl, Travis Kelsey has to be targeted. Double digit times, yeah, right. So to me, it goes hand in hand. If he's going to have Three hundred yards. Somebody's got to be the beneficiary of that. Ten targets. Then I look at. Then I look at. Who I who I believe is going to win the game. In my heart of hearts, how do I feel? This is gonna. This is gonna end. And if I, in my heart of heart, feels team X is gonna win, I'm dropping that on there. Team Y is gonna win. I drop it on there. So I'm, I'm usually trying to put the game in and something. Now, in, 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 in normal situations, I would say um, a game in an over or under, is always a fly little two pick. You know, always a fly little two pick, throw in a third with some type of player prop and you got something something going. But it's just so, like like with these defenses, that have an ability to really like clamp down on you. It's hard to say, we're gonna have a shootout in this game. But then those end up being the games that,
1: that, that turn into shootouts. I mean, remember the last Philly Super Bowl? That's literally what everyone said. You have New England's defense, and you have Philadelphia's defense. Mm-hmm. Like, can't have
0: over. It scored a billion points. A back. billion points. Yeah. So, and a lot of people were upset because they took the under in it.
1: Yep. And they
0: scored a billion points. Um, I also, it depended upon how you get an opportunity to bet. It's always great to be able to put some first half together. Reassess at the halftime and see where you are, and then flip that thing on something second half. If you feel, if you feel like the, the tide is gonna turn, like if I was really convicted that Kansas City's gonna win or that Philadelphia's gonna win, I wait until halftime to see what the score looks like. If Philadelphia is losing, I take the opportunity to hammer Philly because most likely I'm getting plus money on a money line of Philly. So it's like, like looking for those angles within within the Super Bowl to get, and then and then the best part is is all of the little the little crazy props like if you just have an understanding of how these things work like you can make some money the over under on the over under on the the the, um, the, the national anthem Chris Stapleton's doing the national anthem yeah. is he doing the national anthem a cappella or is he doing it with a guitar if it's with a guitar take it over if it's acapella, might want to take the under. So it's like you, you figure out these things and different ways that you can you know, um, you know flip your bets and, and have fun with it. But if you're looking to make money, make sure you know what you're talking about. Like, don't just put your money out there for no reason. Um, it's gonna be, a, it's gonna be a, a great Super Bowl. I'm looking forward I know, to it. I know you're looking forward to it. We don't have a dog in the fight. In my opinion, we've already won. Yeah, I'm, I'm
1: happy with the outcome either way.
0: We've already won. So if you're looking for predictions from us, nah. <laughs> Not today anyway, but because in my opinion, I, my brain can't even wrap around what happens if one or the other wins. Because if either one of them wins, I go, that makes sense. If Philly wins, I go, OK, that makes sense. Kansas City wins, I go, OK, that makes sense. They got that guy. You know, it's like if you're if you're holding me down for predictions and I, I, I can tell you right now, I'm not putting any money on the, the, the outcome of this game on the winner or of this game. No money is coming from me. I am. I am definitely putting money on the over under. You might want to stay tuned that. later on into the into the weekend to see what we think about that. Um, I'm sure I'm sure you'll catch us on something else. Ladies and gentlemen, that's our time. It's been Gene Therapy. I'm Coach Gene Clemens. Thank you for joining me. CWN Sports, we back. Season 2 at the Super Bowl. Look to hear from you as we wrap things up next week and, and get into the offseason, we'll talk some basketball. LeBron has, 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 has become the, the scorer of all scorers after people told us that he was bad at scoring. Do you want to check that out? I appreciate all of you joining us. Make sure that you're, you're checking us out, CWN Sports. Make sure you follow me in the YouTube channel, Coach Gene Clemens, um, at Gene Clemens anywhere on social media.
1: CJ, give me your um socials one more time, please. Sure, it's at CJ Florida Nine. That's at CJ, the entire state of Florida spelled out, and the number nine on all social media platforms.
0: Make sure you check out all four days
1: of um, chopping it up
0: with CJ in this coming season. You're gonna be on video. You're gonna have video going starting up for, for, for this coming season, right? Yep. This upcoming season. So, so you're gonna to wanna to make sure that you, you check out um his YouTube channel where I'm sure you'll find it. Um you'll probably see it on on the spot on Spotify where they're now allowing us to do um videos over there as well. Anywhere you get your um plat- anywhere you get your podcast platforms, you can find Chopping Up with CJ. Go back and listen to some of the old work. And then make sure you listen to all the stuff. Talk Talk Spicy every morning. Well, not every morning, but most mornings. Make sure you check out that Talk, Talk Spicy podcast and everything else that I do on the Coach Gene Clemens Network. Until next time, peace.